everyone. My name is Ari and welcome to Made of Metal, a motivational podcast where we tell stories about regular people overcoming insurmountable odds. So hi there, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the motivational mayhem that is Made of Metal. I hope everyone is having a lovely start to February and feeling all that lovely love on Valentine's Day. I record these a week in advance. So today is actually Valentine's Day and I had chocolate covered strawberries for lunch. So that should tell you the amazing day I'm having. You know, it's the standard. So, <laughs> and of course, a friendly reminder, if you're enjoying the show and the shenanigans, please do leave us a rating or review wherever you listen to your podcasts. So with it being Black History Month, we're continuing on the trend of featuring Black stories, and I've been doing research on the less well-known historical icons. So, so insightful, and I'm so stoked to share with you guys who I'll be covering this week. Now, this individual actually made their name on their phenomenal orator skills with one historic speech that they'll always be remembered for, which I'll be giving the real story behind as well. So stay tuned for that very interesting stuff. This individual dedicated their life to educating themselves as well as others, sharing their truths and helping to make the world a better place. Not only that, this individual accomplished so much by just simply existing as an example of the ignorance behind prejudice and stereotyping. So you guys know, I absolutely fell in love with this person, but definitely after I dug into the research on their story. It's always in the details that you learn the most interesting truths things that literally change your entire perspective of history. Always a fun adventure, so let's get right into it. This week, we'll be covering the speaker, the soothsayer, the sojourner, Isabella Bumfrey, or her more popular name, Sojourner Truth. We'll definitely talk about the period where Isabella transitioned into using the name Sojourner Truth, but for now, we'll refer to her as Isabella. Isabella Bomfrey was born enslaved in 1797 in Swartkill, New York. It was normal practice for the birth dates of enslaved children to not be recorded, which is why I'm only able to provide the year. Isabella was one of likely 10, but up to 12 children born to her parents, James and Elizabeth. The family was unique in that they lived in a part of New York that was primarily controlled by the Dutch. Thus, Dutch was their first and only language for quite some time. Isabella and her family would change owners several times in the early years, eventually ending up with Isabella being sold away at the age of nine. So heartbreaking. I mean, like, imagine being ripped away from your family when you're just nine years old. You don't even understand what's going on. Isabella's new owner was named John Dumont, and he was both abusive and sadistic. Throughout her years with John, Isabella was raped repeatedly, and this resulted in terrible treatment by her owner's wife. 
Although Isabella was suffering, she was still able to learn and teach herself English, which made her multilingual. When Isabella was 18, she fell in love with a neighboring man named Robert, and they began to see each other. Once Robert's owner learned of their relationship, he banned them from seeing each other further. The reasoning being that any children that came from their relationship wouldn't belong to him, but to Isabella's owner, which is just pure greed and shows just how dehumanizing owners were to the enslaved. During one of their secret and forbidden meetings, the young lovers were caught and Robert was beaten without mercy by his owners. Isabella and Robert would never see each other again, and Isabella describes this as an impactful event in her life and understanding of slavery. Just a couple years later, in 1817, at the urging of her owner, Isabella married a man named Thomas, and the two would have five children together. Throughout this time period, Beginning in about 1799, New York was attempting to bring about the legislation to abolish slavery within the state, but it wouldn't be confirmed until July 4th, 1827. The enslaved population of New York was closely following the emancipation efforts, and Isabella had personally negotiated with her owner that she would be freed a year before the emancipation went into effect. Once 1826 arrived, Isabella approached her owner to be granted the freedom she was promised. As is the usual in these cases, Isabella's owner didn't follow through on the promise, citing that Isabella's work performance had declined. It is literally tiring how predictably crappy these sort of people are. It's like you would be shocked that someone could be so callous to another person, but then you remember that this was someone who actually believed they could own another person, so the moral bar wasn't too high for them anyways. Once Isabella learned that she wasn't going to be freed as promised, she decided her only option was to run away with her youngest child. During her escape, Isabella was taken in by a sympathizing family who offered her shelter and her child until the emancipation was officially passed in 1827. After the emancipation was passed and Isabella went to be reunited with her children, she'd learned that one of her sons had been illegally sold to another owner in the South, where they had historically been abusive to the treatment of slaves. Isabella was furious, and after consulting with her network, she decided she was going to take the owner to court for her child. This would be an absolute first in that an African-American woman was taking a white man to court over the custody of her child. Isabella would take a formal case to court and miraculously would win her case in 1828. After winning her case, Isabella and her son would move to New York City, where she worked as a housekeeper for several evangelists over the next decade. This experience would prove particularly beneficial to Isabella later on in life. Her son, Peter, was growing up, and in 1839, he would accept a job on a whaling ship. 
Tragically, Isabella would only receive two letters from her son before the ship returned to port, and it was discovered that Peter wasn't on it. Isabella would never see Peter again. Already, this woman has endured so much suffering and tragedy, so much loss with her family and those she loved. It's terrible. Isabella experienced a bit of a spiritual awakening and would convert from Christianity to Methodist in 1843. In that same year, Isabella would change her name to her more recognizable moniker of Sojourner Truth. Isabella says she chose the name Sojourner Truth because her mission was to spread her message of truth, which was given to her by God through hearing instructions and seeing visions given to her by angels. This sounds hauntingly familiar to another woman who believed she was chosen by God. And that woman would happen to be the first woman I ever covered in my podcast. So to find out the answer, go check out the name on my very first episode. So technically, in 1843, Sojourner Truth was born. Sojourner would begin her trek across northern states, preaching anti-slavery sermons as well as her Methodist teachings. A year later, Sojourner would become a member of the Northampton Association of Education and Industry that was based out of Florence, Massachusetts. This was an anti-slavery community that devoted itself to education and sustaining a self-sufficient lifestyle that focused on pacifism and equal rights. While living in this community, Sojourner would meet several iconic abolitionists, such as the great man himself, Frederick Douglass. Another lovely little crossing of the timelines here. But who knew the abolitionist community was this small? Or maybe it was just the United States was this small. So this is where Sojourner's great journey into abolitionism and equal rights would really take off. Sojourner began focusing her efforts on speaking engagements, beginning with an iconic speech at the first National Women's Rights Convention in 1850. In that same year, Sojourner would publish her memoirs, dictated to her friend, under the title, The Narrative of Sojourner Truth, A Northern Slave. Sojourner would tour with other abolitionists, continuing to give speeches and integrate herself into the anti-slavery movement, garnering massive crowds and recognition throughout the states as her reputation grew. Sojourner would deliver her landmark speech, Ain't I a Woman, in May of 1851. But I really want to dive into the validity of the speech that has been so widely circulated. So the speech that is so often attributed to Sojourner Truth, Ain't I a Woman, did happen. The speech did happen, but likely not using the rhetoric or Southern dialect that was a hallmark of her speech. It's even in the title, Ain't I a Woman. If you recall, Sojourner was raised Dutch, and Dutch was her first language. Not only that, she was raised primarily in the northern states, so it's likely she would use any southern dialect or accents. Furthermore, the speech that was published by a reporter that was actually in attendance, which was published maybe a month after the speech was made, 
was completely different from the one that was credited to Sojourner Today. The speech that was credited to Sojourner Today was printed more than a decade after the original by a reporter who wasn't even in attendance to the speech. And the dialect, the changing of the rhetoric, was more likely a product of journalistic spin. A big difference is that in the original speech, there is not one single instance in which Sojourner asked the question, ain't I a woman, which was the cornerstone of her historic speech. Now, again, I do want to make it clear, Sojourner did make a groundbreaking speech on equal rights and abolitionism that moved her audience and cemented her into history as one of the greatest orators of her generation. That did happen. It's just that it's much more likely that it was delivered in a Northern accent, calm, quiet, even with a bit of a Dutch accent instead of a Southern one which I found to be like absolutely shocking news, totally changes my entire perspective of the event, of what I'd been taught about the event. Because I mean, I knew that she had made the speech. I knew that this was like a huge, memorable speech. But ain't I a woman? That was just so, that was the speech. That is what I remembered the most about it. So it's just incredible to when you do this research And you're like, wow, it happened, but not how it was taught. So very interesting stuff. And like I said, although Ain't I a Woman was her most well-known speech, Sojourner would make several other historic speeches in her lifetime, including at the Abolitionist Convention in 1840, the American Equal Rights Association in 1867, the 8th anniversary of Negro Freedom in 1871, and the second annual convention of the Americans Women's Suffrage Association. So while continuing to make her rounds around the country and with a civil war hot on her heels, Sojourner decided to shift her efforts towards helping the cause for the union, specifically working in recruiting African-American troops. Sojourner was making her name as a force of change and people were making calls for her to go to D.C., Sojourner would make her way to D.C. in 1864 after she was requested to help with the National Freedmen's Relief Association. And while in D.C., it's reported that Sojourner met and spoke with President Lincoln on her life and experiences. That very next year, Sojourner was still in D.C., leading the movement to desegregate streetcars in the city. Sojourner also advocated for land grants for the previously enslaved, as they were promised assistance by the government to help establish their own land and wealth. Sadly, this promise didn't come to fruition, but Sojourner would lobby Congress for this cause for many, many years. All throughout her later years, although old age had limited her travel a bit, Sojourner continued to speak about women's rights women's suffrage, and abolitionism. These causes were still near and dear to her heart, even as she lost her sight and hearing. Sojourner Truth would pass away at her home in Battle Creek, Michigan, on November 26, 1883. And a really fun fact is that the home that Sojourner passed away in, her family home, 
Sojourner had purchased and paid off this home within a year using her money from her speaking engagements. So she was doing pretty well for an African-American previously enslaved woman. Now, this story was amazing to me for several reasons, and not just because Sojourner was so incredibly just resilient and tough in spite of her circumstances. I really resonate with people who've experienced great hardships, but continue on in spite of it. Of course, because of my own experiences. Not only that, but to share those experiences, to tell your story to a world that absolutely does not want to hear it. I mean, nobody wanted to hear about the horrible experiences of slaves because they didn't want to acknowledge that slaves were even people. So Sojourner took her pain and her suffering and transformed it into something greater. She was an alchemist who turned her pain into power and is such a great role model for me and for other survivors of childhood trauma or anyone that has suffered an experience that has fundamentally changed you. Tell your story. Take your story, shout it from the rooftops, share it with as many people as you can for the singular reason of preventing it from happening again. Just like Sojourner Truth, what better way to create a legacy than to simply become a voice? I mean, it's just as simple as that. And of course, I had to share a quote from Sojourner. It's a very short quote, but I just feel like it's very impactful. And you know how I feel about quotes. So here it goes. I feel safe in the midst of my enemies, for the truth is all powerful and will always prevail. I really like that because I think she was saying, in my opinion, of course, the truth in itself, but also her. She will always prevail. Sojourner Truth. So I just had to share that. I thought it was great. (laughs) So you can check out our website at madeofmetalpodcast.com and that's made of metal. M-E-T-T-L-E. And you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook. So we are going to be releasing a giveaway for all of our current subscribers. So stay tuned for that. I'll be sending an email likely next month. So please join our email list. You can join our email list on my website. And you can also go to my Instagram or the Instagram for the podcast. And I have a link in the bio. You can sign up right there. So as always, my loves, again, sorry about this Darth Vader voice, even though you guys seem to enjoy it. But as always, my loves, please, please, please do not forget. I appreciate you. I love you. You're so, so wonderful. Thank you so much for all the wonderful feedback. And please bloom where you are planted. Thank you.